0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Thoughts and Found podcast, where we talk about the hidden, untalked about, misattributed, and surprising aspects of life, work, and relationships. My name is Adam, and I'm here with my wife, Danielle, today. And we're going to be talking about 10 things that have surprised us about pregnancy so far. So this is the next episode in our pregnancy series. And this has been a really fun and amusing list for us to put together, because... A lot of the things that we have observed aren't things that we found in books, articles, websites, conversations with friends or family around the dinner table. So uh, they've been a bit of a surprise for us on on many friends. So where would you like to start with this?
1: (laughs) I think on that note with the first one that symptoms are unique. Um, I think every pregnancy is different and I think that really surprised me because like you mentioned, there's tons of books, there's tons of websites, you can have conversations with people who've had multiple pregnancies. And I think it's funny because even people have mentioned who have multiple children that every pregnancy is different, whether they're different sexes or um, same sex, even within women, the pregnancy has been different. And so why would you think that across pregnancies, they would be the same? But what surprised me (laughs) is that when i was going through a lot of those symptom lists you know when you get those emails every week you should be or not should be but you might be experiencing the following symptoms and a lot of them i'd go through the list and i'm like nope nope
0: not nope, that one either
1: nope but what about this this and this and those are my symptoms and i'm pretty sure they're not out of the norm but they're just not on those lists so that was really interesting to me um you know the typical stuff that you think about like the the back pain the hormonal episodes kind of having a bit of a you know, some meltdowns here and there, Um, getting stretch marks, a lot of that swelling, um, that kind of stuff. I, so far, and I mean, it's eight months and (laughs) haven't had any of that, but I have had different things that a lot of people who I've talked to never had. So um, things like insomnia and breast pain and constipation. So those are things that I've dealt with. um, And it's been somewhat sort of all along. Um,
0: yeah, a lot of your symptoms started, started right early, way much yeah. earlier than a lot of the symptomless said, said they, they would, would kick, in. kick in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Something like breast pain has basically been something I've dealt with since the very beginning. Um, and you keep asking, Is that. do you still have that? I'm like, yep, yep, I still do, <laughs> every day. I'm really, really sorry to hear that. But I think I've had like maybe two sort of hormonal, if we could call them that, like episodes where I just kind of start Crying crying for no no, reason. No reason at all. (laughs) And I know I'm crying and I know I shouldn't be, and there's nothing that triggered it, but I'm just crying and I can't control it. So, but um,
0: overall, though, I would say that you've actually had a very Sort of non-hormonal pregnancy yeah. that way in terms of emotionality or anything stability like that. stability
1: and stuff. But I also even pretty
0: even even keeled all the way along.
1: Even when I have my periods, it's not something that I typically deal with. So um, that didn't surprise me that I wasn't as fluctuating in my personality maybe as some other people find that that they might be. Um, so I think that's just one thing that really surprised me was that it didn't follow the sort of cookie cutter list, and that everybody has different. Symptoms and and that those symptoms are okay Um,
0: And also the extremity of the symptoms We we had talked about that, um, you know, some people made the symptoms might be very minor other people They're much more extreme and we're talking mm -hmm. about the same general symptom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure So that's that's number one um
0: number two Number two. This was this was really surprising. <laughs> I think we've, we've laughed about this a fair bit.
1: How soon the trips to the bathroom kick in. The, the additional that, trips. Wow. When they say frequent urination, they mean frequent urination. And that was something that I don't even know, like week one or week two started. Like I was going to the bathroom three, four, five times a night.
0: Well, and that was where we also noticed it kicked in, was at night. Yeah. More than even during the day initially. Yeah. It was at night. It was all of a sudden yeah. like, wow, there's, we found I out that go. you're pregnant, and all of a sudden you got to go all the <laughs> yeah.
1: time. And that, I mean, I'm always a big drink, like a water drinker, so um, that's just par for the course, I guess. But at night, like I hadn't had water, you know, all night long, but I'm still up at 11, 1, 3, 5, 7, going to the bathroom. Um, and, of course, that just wakes your partner up when you're sharing a bed and we've got a dog and she kind of hears that. I mean, luckily she's, she's losing her hearing, so she's not hearing it as much. not
0: quite as disruptive for her.
1: But I think it's still even, it just disrupts the whole sort of room. And we don't necessarily flush the toilet every time just because um, the noise and stuff and just, you know, closing the door, like all that stuff kind of just disrupts people. So, Um, That was something that really surprised me was just how soon that kicked in. I thought it would maybe kick in later when your bladder is getting kind of scrunched in there. Um, But that's something that we've kind of felt all the way along. So um, that's interesting and that's still going on. So fun times. Fun times.
0: (laughs) Fun times. (laughs) Pregnancy would be a great time to invest in shares of companies that make, you know, toilet paper or Plungers. Plungers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or or companies, maybe utilities, like for water utility yeah. companies or something like that. Or
1: uh, We've noticed our water bill has water gone up. up. Like that's the thing that is interesting. And I know where we live, they've also changed their system to a tiered system. So it's based on consumption. Now we've got four tiers of consumption and the price goes up as you move through the tiers. Um, so maybe that's just coincided with me being pregnant too. There's no way of really teasing that apart. But i know we've used a lot more water lots more um, toilet flushes lots more hand yeah. washing
0: so you're generally going through a lot more water in your
1: exactly household. so that's been interesting so that's number two <laughs>
0: number two how about number three let's talk about uh the changes you noticed in terms of sleep and insomnia
1: yeah so on that front of the frequent bathroom trips like i mentioned when you're up at 11 1 3 5 7 um sleep is a hot commodity that is kind of elusive for me right now at least um, I've pretty much not slept in months. Like my entire pregnancy, I think that sort of kicked in also really early.
0: Um, and by not sleeping, like we mean that, you know, you maybe sleep for a couple of hours at a time. yeah. Um, and then wake and you're up, up, you're up if you're going to the bathroom or whatever, or just even not being able to fall back asleep. Yeah. And then falling asleep again for a few hours and then being up again, etc.
1: Yeah. And it's come in waves too. Like sleep's never really been a struggle for me. I've always been a, a person who's been able to fall asleep almost every anywhere. Um, with background noise on any sort of surface. I've, you know, camped and hard surfaces, soft surfaces, my own bed, you know, someone else's couch, like it's not a problem. Um, but I feel like sleep has been this, like, thing I've been chasing. Even napping is not something I'm able to do. And you were, you um, like, a professional I, napper before. I used to be a before. power napper <laughs> at school, professional power napper. university. You'd come home from one class and you'd maybe have half an hour. I could fall asleep for 20 minutes, have the best nap in my life, wake up refreshed and go off to go my again. next class. And I seem to have lost that ability after I've gotten older. Um, so sleep has been one of those things that, um, has been hard for me, but I've also been surprised with how I've dealt with the lack of sleep. I don't feel like I've been hit by a train every day. I don't feel like a walking zombie. It's, it's, like, like, you're, it's
0: like when you have slept, your body is getting sufficient Good sleep, sleep. yeah. Th- and you're, you're okay.
1: We've noticed, too, I have been going to bed earlier. Um, I haven't had the exhaustion that a lot of people have, like I did in the first trimester where I was just really kind of glued to the couch. Um, but overall, I haven't felt... Really tired all the time, and I know some people feel
0: that the whole way through. But there was a few episodes where you you did feel tired for chronically for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, but not. But then that kind of went that by went, the away. Side, went away. And that's
1: yeah. one thing we'll talk about. We have a, a video or a video, <laughs> a podcast plan for the first trimester, second trimester, and third trimester. And I think that one will cover more in the first trimester one for sure. But um, it's been interesting that I haven't felt like a train wreck but i do about 9:15 every night and for the last several months it's like a clock there's some sort of internal clock i'm not trying to fall asleep at 9:15 but 9:15 hits it's, it's bedtime and it's lights out like we got to do all the stuff that you know shut, shut you know down the, the shutdown house. the curtains the making the coffee we let, like making our coffee at night so it's ready in the morning let the dog, let the dog out and then, yeah. But it's like if it doesn't happen in the next like 15 minutes, gonna I'm going to be couch. asleep. And last, I like to go was... up and read and maybe kind of wind down, maybe have a shower yeah. or whatever.
0: Last night it was 8.30.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that was an exception. But we've kind of adopted our lifestyle because we're now up earlier. So we can go to bed at 9.15 and we're typically up between 5 and 6. So um We've just shifted and you've been able to kind of adapt to that too. We just kind of shut down at an earlier time than we used to.
0: Wake up Um, at an earlier time. And we wake
1: up at an earlier time. So we're still getting kind of the same amount of sleep. Um, But I I know for me, one of the biggest things that has contributed to lack of sleep other than trips to the bathroom is hip pain. Um, So my hips have literally been on fire for a couple months now um, and it's mostly during the night it's not so much bothersome during the day walking or you know going upstairs although that was pretty tough for a while there but sleeping and I have a body pillow and I've done all the things that you're supposed to do with pillows between your knees but it just seems to be I get really good quality sleep from about 9 30 till 11 30 and then I'm pretty much up every couple, couple hours, hours from then on and I doze in between but it's pretty much you kind of feel restless all night and there's been nights when I've just come down at three because i can't sleep anymore and i'm getting frustrated and i'll just sit on the couch and watch some read a book, a watch room. a video watch tv by myself just in the dark and i'll eventually either fall asleep and just lay on the couch or go back upstairs and depending on what time it is so um but yeah having not slept a full night in eight months and we also have a dog who kind of wakes up once or twice a night sometimes or scrabbles around the room and so she's 11 so we pretty much haven't slept in 11 years had a full night's sleep and then this um is almost another year so
0: So so that was an
1: interesting just observation Observation. of insomnia but also the lack of impact that i I feel like it's had maybe it has (laughs) had more of an impact i don't know but i don't feel like that zombie sort of i could fall asleep at any given moment during the day
0: and maybe this is in fact helping us Get ready for yeah. when uh, we have our baby here. Like, you know, maybe this has been good training, training for us period. so far. So, and uh,
1: everybody who I've told says, Oh, get ready for the lack of sleep. And then I say, Well, we haven't really slept through a night in 12 years. And they're
0: like, Oh my God. Let alone <laughs> the last several months. Yeah.
1: You might be better off. <laughs> you might be okay. Person. It's good training. So especially that every two hours, I mean, that's matching up with a child's, like a newborn's feeding schedule. So it'd be interesting.
0: Sleep insomnia.
1: Yeah. Fun times. Again, (laughs) more fun times. right.
0: How about um, rain check excuses?
1: Yeah, so number four. So we'll dive a little bit more into this, like I mentioned again in the first trimester um, podcast, but one of the things that was really hard for us, I mean, we don't typically, we're not really good, well, we don't like to lie. (laughs) And I felt like the most pathological liar for three months well, you're not telling anybody that you're pregnant. pregnant. And it was interesting because at the time it was kind of coming up towards the the Christmas holidays. So it was like October, November, December.
0: People were wondering what our travel plans were going to be, what we were going to be doing, where we were going.
1: Yeah. And And they want to get together with you before Christmas takes off and everybody's doing the family thing. Like friends in town wanted to have people over. There's open houses. There's wine and cheese. Neighbors
0: had parties. There's work
1: parties. There's all kinds of stuff. And most of them involve alcohol and soft cheeses and things I can't eat. And, <laughs> and so, and as
0: somebody who has, you know, you, you you have consumed alcohol before, you do like a good cheese board or something like that. Yeah. So when all all of a sudden, if you're out with people and you're not partaking in those food or beverages, they become people surefire notice. signs yeah. that something's something's going on. And it's kind of a dead giveaway.
1: Life. So you just have to say, "Oh no," you know, like I'm watching whatever, and I don't know. Not you come up with well these, or something, or, yeah, or it's turning my stomach, right? Something funny last night. Like there's all kinds of things. You kind of have to come up with this like arsenal of excuses, which makes you feel really duplicitous and just like you're lying to every single person you meet and it's really disconcerting so that i don't know whether it was just because of the specific time of year with the holiday parties just kind of loading up um but even just not feeling well too and i'm not usually a person we are not usually people who get sick a lot so knock Mm -hmm. on wood we just we don't so um for us to say that we're just not feeling well or we can't or we have another obligation like we were just kind of running out of excuses for why we couldn't get together with people um, can we take a rain check? And we kind of just punted it down <laughs> like down the line. See another six and or seven months. I think that that's just tough. So it's hard to kind of come up with those excuses. So um once you tell people and then you kinda go back and say, That's why we couldn't come to A B C D E. And
0: then you see all the light bulbs going, Oh, oh now that I all get makes, it. makes sense. Even if now. they
1: didn't put it together at the time, like you think that they're gonna put it together because you know what you're hiding and it's not always the same case like they might just think okay you're just not drinking wine tonight that's fine like they're not necessarily going to be like oh she's pregnant so um but anyway just being prepared for that sort of (sighs) Lying through your teeth.
0: Like, the first few, it, it until, feels weird until, well, because uh, unlike you know the, the some of those pregnancy test commercials where people are sitting down and talking uh, about being pregnant two weeks into a, a pregnancy. Yeah. Not everybody wants is comfortable or, or wants to tell to people, disclose
1: that early. Yeah. Um, That's personal that preference. So but... a lot
0: of people do wait until uh, you know the pregnancy has progressed a bit further. Yeah. Um, but in doing so, that can be a tough thing, depending on the time of year it is yeah. and, and what social events or activities are going on
1: and if you want to hear more about how we had to navigate that sort of tell and why we waited till we waited to tell people um check out our second episode about navigating the tell we talk about um just why we waited um this time this is the third pregnancy that we've had so um we lost two previous ones so we kind of go into that a little bit more in detail (coughs) Okay, we're back. (laughs) Sorry for that barking interlude, but Amazon just rang our doorbell. Uh, More baby gear got delivered, so that's exciting. Um, So they'll have
0: to do an unboxing episode at some point along here. uh, Yeah,
1: we'll tell you who's in that box. (laughs) Anyway. um,
0: Life with a dog while we're recording a podcast.
1: So real life, folks. Um, Okay, so let's just move on to number five. Um, So mobility. (laughs) this one
0: moving around
1: i think anybody who thinks about pregnancy knows that mobility is going to be an issue i don't think until you actually have a belly on you that you can really even like imagine or approximate what that is like and it's funny because i always thought like a pregnant belly was more squishy than it is like it's kind of like a turtle shell like it's kind of like attached to you and it's harder than you think and it's less sort of movable and flexible i mean there's a human being in there so it's not going to fold and bend the way that you think like it's not like putting a pillow on your belly or one of those faux pregnancy pads that they make you try on when you're at a paternity store to see what you're going to look like down the road but um that's been interesting so i find even things like walking like i'm usually a quick walker you and i are both quick walkers and we notice that when we're in like groups of people or or crowded streets that we're kind of like hustlers and people walk slower but i can appreciate that now my speed is just not there even going across parking lots or going into appointments i'm kind of constantly reminding adam like i can't i can't go that fast fast. can you slow down a little bit and it's not that i'm in pain it's just that you literally can't move with the same speed and dexterity or flexibility as you previously could you just feel encumbered like you've got just awkwardness
0: and and maybe we should qualify this by by saying that this could actually be maybe it's a symptom that's unique to you could be other people don't experience this but you certainly found it's been a big i did and i felt
1: for the longest time in the first trimester i just had this also like a real sense of heaviness um in my lower sort of quadrant like my pelvic area i just felt really heavy like there was just a weight there kind of bearing down and i don't know if that was just you know when you're first pregnant like your uterus is fairly low in your pelvic region and as it's growing like the weight of it is quite low it moves up as you get more pregnant and kind of go through your pregnancy it, it climbs up your belly but um so walking has been an interesting um thing my speed and then stairs holy moly <laughs> like i used to be a stair skipper like i just you know take truck, two truck or three at stairs. a time and i'd go up and down the stairs no problem I find myself like holding on to the banister and then pulling myself up the rails like it's kind of
0: it's more like a mount everest now, I, I
1: feel think. like i'm quite elderly <laughs> <laughs> sometimes and i know that's been sort of exacerbated by my hip pain so you don't realize what muscles you use when you're doing the stairs on a regular basis until you're you know in pain or or have trouble with those things you don't realize oh there's knees involved and ankles and hips and bum and belly and abs and like you you just take stairs for granted you just zip up and down and so that's been one thing i've tried to limit my trips um in the morning i kind of grab the stuff that i'm gonna need for the day. and i have been using elevators at work and i'm on the second floor but i just cannot do the stairs and i get kind of nervous even doing stairs too like if i do lose my balance and i'm by myself in a stairwell on linoleum floor and i trip or fall or whatever take a tumble it's not really a gamble I'm willing to take, so I just
0: opt for the elevator. You've also even mentioned um, getting in and out of the car mm-hmm. is is tricky with um, just ba- everything from balance to flexibility and movement. Like That's just been a change. You yeah, just and I find open the door it, and hop in.
1: I find it easier to get in on the driver's side than I do on the passenger side, which is just interesting. So I'm not sure what that's about, but good thing I drive more than I'm a passenger, so it's less discomfort. Um, also- even just getting dressed, like... Getting dressed is interesting because you're balanced. You don't realize like you put pant legs on like one at a time. So I've kind of developed a system where I hold on to the bed or I hold on to a bed post or like a blanket box or we have a little chair in our room. Like I'm holding on to something when I'm putting socks or pants or something that has like two legs or two of something on um same thing putting shoes on to go outside like at the front door putting boots on like most of my pregnancy has been in the winter and we have snow and so you're putting boots on and for lack of balance i'm holding on to the wall or holding on to adam Um, or holding on to our front table or something i need to have a balance beam there to kind of just make sure i don't fall on my face um and then also things like getting down on the floor to like cuddle the dog I used to be a big like you know let's wrestle dog and cuddler and play, play and the dog yeah whatever but I can't I literally can't first of all bend over to where her height is and then I can't like I find getting down onto the floor and getting back up quite difficult a task it's like a bit of an army maneuver and rolling over in bed those sorts of things it's like a four step if you're on one side you like then move like a quarter of
0: the way a quarter, then of, the quarter way, of the way another quarter
1: of the way and then another quarter of the way and then you push yourself out. So it's an interesting – you really make the decision to, like, commit to, like, getting out of bed because you put all this work (laughs) work into it. it. So um, sleeping on your back, shaving your legs, painting your toenails, all those things that, like,
0: you you just
1: don't think twice about bending over. But then you've got this, like, hard shell on your belly. And it's interesting. Like, we've been laughing a lot about it because it's one of those things you just – you have to make light here's, of it.
0: Here's something else I can't but do today.
1: <laughs> you do feel a little helpless, and it's one of those things that you just totally take for granted when you have the mobility that then it kind of goes away. And um, I'm sure it's still to come because I'm not fully done. Then, <laughs> There's a lot of growth to happen in the last come. like two months. Um, so that will be interesting. So mobility, don't take it for granted, folks.
0: <laughs> There's some limitations there when you are, when you are pregnant. Yep. Yeah. So let's move on to social life. Going out in public, like to the concert that we went to.
1: Mm-hmm. That was an interesting experience. So we actually, <clears throat> excuse me, um, went to a Blue Rodeo concert um, for Adam's birthday.
0: <laughs> Hats off to Blue Rodeo <laughs> and to my wife who bought me Awesome the show. Great show. We like seeing them.
1: Um, that was back in February. I was maybe 18 weeks, 17, 18 weeks. Um, there's alcohol these
0: concerts now
1: this is interesting because this is not a big forum that we went to like the venue was not a you know massive arena
0: it was an intimate an intimate venue it's
1: a theater that's normally known for you know orchestral performances performances. dramatic stage theater um so we were surprised to have a concert like blue rodeo at that venue so we didn't know that there was a new policy, I guess, that now people can bring drinks in. Um, so that was one thing, first of all, that just surprised us. But I think we're the only people, maybe, in the whole venue venue that didn't have a beer or a glass of wine
0: or several, several
1: <laughs> over the course. And the way that that venue is set up, it's interesting because we were in the balcony, but there isn't a center aisle, and so. Every time somebody is going to the bathroom or going to get a drink or arriving late or arriving early or wanting to get up and chat to their friends, the whole crowd, you know, in the, in the, the, the whole line mm-hmm. of rows gets up. So people have these big
0: glasses of beer, cups
1: and... that you'd almost expect at like a baseball game, like the the big red cups. I don't remember if they had lids, but I felt like they didn't have lids and I felt like I was gonna get covered in beer at any second. <laughs> on. The people behind us in the row, like the tight rows, right? And with a burgeoning belly, which at the time I thought was large, is not large now, but <laughs> getting up and down and having people with alcohol like all around you, and you were literally up and down a
0: dozens of times dozens of
1: times to let people buy. Um, that was just really interesting. So to look around and even the smell, the smell of alcohol was interesting too, because it was a three hour show. There was like an opening act. So people were in and out getting refills. I felt like the whole venue was just drinking and you didn't even have a drink that night. I obviously didn't have a drink. I don't even think they were selling like pop. Like it was literally alcohol. So it just felt very it was a very alien experience of knowing that, like, you were the only person in the venue and, possibly not drinking.
0: And it's something that we—otherwise, in otherwise we, we probably would have had a couple of drinks. Yeah. But it's, it becomes a unique experience, you know, to see that world through the eyes of, of other people, whether it's for religious reasons or other personal beliefs, who, who don't drink mm-hmm. on—who uh, don't drink at all. Um, who have commented to us before that it's 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 really interesting when you're immersed in a culture that relies a, a, heavily a, a, on drinking on for social sort as, of As part of social scene. interactions, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: totally. So that was a real eye-opener for us because normally we're part of that sort of experience and to be not and to be removed um, was just a really eye-opening sort of um, few hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just even going out in public, like it was interesting because people do start to look at your belly and like— just look at you and your belly so and not your face <laughs> it's
0: less, really less eye contact less more, eye contact more belly, more belly contact, contact.
1: <laughs> so it, that was interesting and then also just being able to at a concert like okay where are the bathrooms and i'm not close to an aisle i'm halfway through and we had bought the tickets before we even found out that i was pregnant so i didn't strategically pick an aisle seat we were in the middle of the row without an aisle so
0: they were great seats though. they were
1: great seats but it was an interesting consideration in that like okay, where's the bathroom? Like, I got to GPS this sucker because I need to maybe (laughs) use it a few times. So, um, and then walking through the underground parking lot that was under construction, we ended up having to almost walk around the entire venue to get, yeah, to get to the entrance in the underground parking lot. So just not really being... Um, prepared for that mm-hmm. and waddling through the underground parking yeah, lot. We
0: just hadn't thought of it. I about had to go to
1: the bathroom by the time the concert even started mm-hmm. and then like a couple times. Like it was just an interesting experience. So
0: a whole new set of logistic considerations. A whole new set of logistics. Yeah. Um, and, and that spills over to, you know, even just going to like stores on yeah. a regular basis, running our regular weekend errands. errands. Yeah,
1: And I think that's an interesting thing that we can also talk a little bit more about in the first and second trimester thing um, other episodes. But I literally haven't done a lot of our errands. I used to do a lot of them because I actually don't mind errands as much as Adam does. So he'll do like the outside yard work and I'll go and run our groceries and post office and gas or whatever. Um, but I haven't really been up to the task of doing that. We've done a lot more baby shopping together, and I can kind of do those as it's one-off. Fits and
0: starts kind yeah, of. Yeah,
1: but like the thought of walking through like a big box store or a grocery store that maybe lasts a while or standing in line. Just, um,
0: just browsing, really. Just browsing
1: is not something I've either felt like doing or been able to do. Um, so when I do go out, <laughs> we've been to places, you know, baby stores, typically will have a bathroom. So we've been strategic about where we're going, Parking and closer to
0: the door. Parking closer to the door. Does it have a
1: bathroom? And I've never thought about like whether you know Home Depot has a bathroom. Like or, I've just never really needed to think or about that. The
0: bathroom at the mall or something like that. We haven't exactly intended to rely on that.
1: So, that, or even a place to sit. Sitting down, Most t- taking a places break. don't have a place to sit. And some of these big box stores or big you know warehouse stores, that can be a lot for somebody to just walk around. Even if you are. You know, not pregnant. Anybody who's differently abled, or elderly, or, or recovering from an injury, recovering or from surgery, normal. or an injury, or mm-hmm. anything like that. There's no bench. There's no chair. There's no nothing to kind of even take
0: a five-minute little breather. So it gives a whole new perspective on accessibility.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's been an interesting um, thing, and that kicked in early too. Just the ab- the need to take a break. Right. Um, just you're hitting a wall, whether it's that heaviness that I mentioned before, or you're just kind of getting lightheaded, or you're just your energy's depleting, um, or you do need to go to the bathroom. So going out in public has become just more. There's more things to consider, and socializing and stuff is just more things to um,
0: keep in mind. Keep
1: in mind, and that you might observe totally different things than you ever thought when you were part of the in group. You almost now feel like a little bit of an out group. So that's been an interesting observation, for sure.
0: So let's move on to number seven, shall we?
1: We shall. So this one was interesting and... <laughs> um, well, it is how long I could go without actually needing to buy maternity clothes, um, and then also how few you really need, or I've found I've really needed. And I don't want to speak for everybody else, um, but this one really surprised me because I thought, okay, first of all, maybe you start showing, and or are uncomfortable like your pants are tight you know your shirts don't close the way they used to um and i'm not a tiny person but i found um i could actually go until like five months without actually really purchasing significant amounts of maternity clothes um a lot of the stuff that i have maybe is looser fitting than maybe some people have so if you're in form fitting clothes that Are more body contoured then maybe you can't go as long as i could go um but i found that really interesting because i was kind of thinking okay we need to save up for like a whole new wardrobe and i'm gonna need all these things and the lists kind of make you feel like you're gonna need all these things and soon and you know you enter your due date into like a store and they have this like capsule wardrobe that you need right away and then you need the second trimester and then the third trimester and i haven't found that to be the case like i've gotten away with a few really great pairs of leggings and a few tops like maybe five tops and i've gotten a couple of like kimonos which are really nice going into the warmer weather now it's not a cardigan um so it's not heavy but it's just an extra layer over a tank top or over a t-shirt especially for work like i'm not gonna wear you know walk around with tank tops all day long at work um so that to me i've had a few basic pieces that have kind of taken me through so far two and a half trimesters um so that's interesting and then yeah how few you really need like you do not i i don't work in a really corporate environment so i'm lucky that way i don't need you know pantsuits and dresses and stockings and blazers and all this kind of stuff and then i had my parka for the first few months so that kind of i just didn't do it up because i couldn't um but i was commuting more than anything so in the car you don't really need it done up um, I wore a lot of scarves and <laughs> just left my coat open and um, so yeah that's been interesting um, that just really surprised me so we've saved quite a bit of money on that and I think future pregnancies I can also use that stuff and we've also been really judicious with what we have bought I will be able to wear postpartum so there's a little leggings some of the looser tops and kimonos that will take me through most of the rest of the summer and possibly um, even into early fall so that's great. I mean, depending on if we have another child that's maybe born in a totally different season, then I will eat my words. Maybe eat
0: a few different items. We can always point. sell
1: or pass it on or share whatever. So, anyway, that one was a really um, big eye opener for me, for sure.
0: And how about number eight?
1: Oh yes, this is an interesting one too. Um, kind of how much you have to figure out for yourselves when yes. it comes to pregnancy. There's a lot. You're almost like an island and it's interesting because you are first of all treated differently because I've noticed this at work a lot of people you know they treat you as part of the team but you're also kind of on your way out and so they don't want to offend you by involving you and seeming like they're forgetting that you're leaving soon but they also don't want to cut you out of things prematurely so that you feel like you're no longer part of the team so that's an interesting one and in that sort of vein of feeling like an island when you go to your doctor's appointments they're talking about the doctor stuff you're talking about medical visits you're talking about blood work you're doing ultrasound requisitions measuring your belly taking your blood pressure heart rate all that stuff weight it's very sort of metrics focused and guideline focused and yeah like where are you on the path of pregnancy she our doctor's great but she's not asking so if you set the nursery up, do you have a car seat? <laughs>
0: like, How are your finances? Are you is gonna gonna else is going on Are you going to co-sleep? Like
1: all these yeah. sort of things that are the bigger picture stuff. And then you go to a store and they're giving you sort of advice on bathing and like what kind of bathtub and what kind of washcloths, all but the they're not All the
0: equipment you're going to need or yeah, the supplies you're going to need. Yeah, it's the
1: retail side of it. They're not asking, okay, how far along are you? How, you know, are you registered at the hospital? <laughs> like they're, they're talking about the stuff that's the gear and the experiential stuff and the retail and the consumption and you can tell when they're on commission (laughs) and when they're not. not um and then the rest of it is like that mental physical emotional prep that is kind of neither retail you can't buy it and you can't talk to i mean you could talk to your doctor but i feel like a lot of those appointments are very perfunctory like you have 10 minutes she asks you if you have any questions but it's kind of like well how much do i really have time
0: to go into this stuff and Um, and is it even relevant for them they they might not think that it is they're taking care of their business
1: yeah and even asking you know should we have a bassinet versus a playpen and even at a store well they're gonna say well why don't you get both both. (laughs) you know the doctor might be like well whatever works for you well i don't know what's gonna work for me because i've never done this before (laughs) and so you talk to friends and they all do things differently and a lot of our friends have had kids several years ago so even the landscape of retail and medical navigation has completely changed. changed they live in different cities maybe even different provinces um you know talking with other family members who've been through it like parents or whatever but that was like 40 years ago so it's totally changed so there isn't really that master checklist of all of the appointments and then all the things you need to buy and all the things you need to do and get ready and even questions that you might have like we were talking the other night about parking at the hospital like how do you know where to park if i'm you know seven centimeters dilated do you just drop me off at the curb go find a parking spot and make me wait there and waddle myself to the childbirth unit like what do i do is there there a wheelchair
0: is there a dedicated parking for expectant
1: which would be an awesome idea (laughs) like they have that at stores but i'm not sure i don't think we've seen that at the hospital but maybe that's something to look into so those sorts of like logistics i know i'm fine like at home and then I'm fine when I get to the hospital but it's the like middle part there's a that transition you just... part
0: there yeah
1: to... and nobody's really holding your hand and I don't expect them to but I feel like there's a lot of stuff that maybe there's in a gaps. subsequent pregnancy you would know and you kind of just take it for granted and I'm sure the medical system takes it for granted because this is what they do every day and they see pregnant women and it's no big well it's not a no big deal but it's one of those things they're just used to seeing and they know exactly they
0: know how things work they know the
1: things and they don't even think about mentioning those because you might not know those things and so that's just been really interesting about how much you have to figure out for yourselves um there's a lot of planning that goes into it that maybe is just more tricky than i think we thought not that we're overwhelmed because i think we've taken it at a really good pace Mm -hmm. and we haven't front loaded it or end loaded it Mm -hmm. but it's just been surprising with how much of the sort of synthesis role you play as the, the couple going through it.
0: as the whole process goes. You're
1: on. like that wheel, like the hub of the wheel, and there's all these spokes kind of going off of it. But you're the one piece in the middle that that one through
0: line. And so we, and when we have mentioned to people about like the issue, for example, like you know, how do you know when to go to the hospital exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, like like there's there's various stages of labor. There's very early stages, late stages. When do you go? When do you contact the hospital to get some advice? And who do you
1: that, contact? That, How do you contact them? Is it a 1-800 that, number for the general line of the hospital and you have to go through a system of 14 buttons but to actually, get to no, the childbirth center? Turns out, it <laughs> turns
0: out there actually is a number that we now mm. have to go right to the the birthing center to yeah. get questions answered. But other people we've spoken to have even said, yes, the parking thing is a problem. Because yeah. in some cases, you were talking to somebody the other day who said um, they ended up leaving their keys with a parking attendant and the parking attendant parked the car, but then the parking attendant went off shift and left his (laughs) keys with the information desk and so later that night after their baby had been born and this gentleman went to get his car to go pick up some extra stuff at home for his wife he had to track his car down that was parked at the hospital somewhere and so there's not that that clear path of how does no. this work and he said that's a great issue to iron out yeah. a, as much as you can ahead of time because
1: it all works out on the end but it's one of those things that it's in an, an already that you anxious need to situation with. do I need to think about where to park the darn
0: car and, like, things said, are
1: happening they're moving so another
0: friend said that because um, of, of their circumstance they got to the hospital very close very very close mm-hmm. to the, the birth of their first child and they were parked in like a loading zone right by the emergency entrance or something. And they, he ended up leaving his keys with security and they moved his car somewhere as well. Yep. Uh, or, or at least put a, a sticker on it that said it wasn't going to get ticketed or towed or whatever. So yep. funny things happen at that transition between These logistics that the logistics. you don't really
1: think about because you're going from point A to point B. But like there's a lot of middle stuff that has to kind of happen to make it all work. work. All work. <laughs> so and we've had friends, too, who've gone to the hospital and then been turned around because they weren't sufficiently in labor. So you go home, and then all of a sudden things progress. And at what point are you almost too late to go back to the hospital? And you, they, you get there, and they're like, why did you wait so
0: long? Be- because like, you sent us home. You about. sent me home. And, and I don't
1: know when to go back. As a first-time mom, Like you really don't know what to expect, what sensations are normal, what... Like I really don't know and we got a little sticker from our doctor that did say you know like contractions when they're five minutes apart or your water breaks or those sorts of things but I mean what does a contraction feel like I don't I don't know know that yet yet. and so maybe baby number two three four that is much more familiar to you and you stop sort of forgetting you kind of forget that you didn't know that what you know is what you know and you don't unknow things Um, but the first time you go through you really kind of don't know
0: these things. So and that's also, been interesting. And also on the topic of logistics, make sure you know what's going on with the route that you plan on taking to get yeah. to the hospital because as we discovered, our, our planned route for us to get to the hospital is now under construction for the entire season. Narrowed and, down and to and one lane. Narrowed down to <laughs> one lane from, from several. Um, so that will change because of the length of the, the cars waiting to get through that reduced um, that reduced part of the road we're probably going to have to have at, at least one backup plan for how to get to the hospital when it's time. Yeah. So think about um, how you're going to get there, which, yeah. which way.
1: So this is probably one that we could actually talk a lot more about, so we should probably we'll just, move on well, to number well, nine. Well, well, that's <laughs> right. We'll tuck that one away. Just being surprised how much you kind of have to navigate for yourself is right. is the takeaway from number
0: eight. Exactly. So, so yeah, number nine. So The waiting game. The
1: waiting game. It's interesting because again we kind of alluded to this in the first two episodes we recorded about how a lot of times in the movies you see somebody take a pregnancy test cut to next scene they're holding a baby and it's like wow that that was was a a fast nine months amazing (laughs) and it's really not that fast And it actually looked
0: relatively effortless too
1: yeah so it's interesting because i felt like you know not having gone through an entire pregnancy um the whole way through yet um, there are lull points. There's points where I felt like it was very front-loaded in terms of system access. Like you've appointments. Got a ton of appointments. You've got a ton of blood, blood tests, works. urine tests, ultrasounds. ultrasounds. Um, you know, they talk to you about, like I remember at our eight-week appointment, she's like, so are you going to breastfeed? And I'm like, I I'm not even out of know. the first trimester yet. Can we kind of like pace ourselves here? So there's a lot of front-loaded stuff and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff at the end. We're not there yet. So there's maybe some end-loading too, but right where we are right now is kind of a low point like i've finished the, the gestational diabetes test um you know we are still on that bi-weekly appointments but we've had several so it's been a couple months of just kind of routine appointments which i'm not saying i'm unhappy about because there's a lot of poking and prodding and stuff that goes on at the front um the beginning
0: which is also a great thing to have it's G- awesome given our, given our healthcare system we are very very fortunate to to have that kind of access.
1: But it's interesting in that like, for the longest time you feel like nine months is gonna be a really long time. And then all of a sudden it kind of does creep up on you and you're like, you say to people, oh, I'm 32 weeks. And they're like, wow, you're in the home stretch and you must be getting excited. And I just got an email today from one of the maternity stores that I've signed up for their email list. And it says like, Make sure you've got your hospital bag packed and i'm like whoa okay yeah i guess i need (laughs) need to do do that because that felt for so long like it was such a far away sort of task to do we've been kind of working through the motions of accumulating stuff and decorating the nursery and going to appointments and that kind of thing felt like really just kind of a last thing but it's really not because you don't know when you're going to go into labor i think the other thing was too for us it was a really long winter where we were and the weather didn't change from about the time I took a pregnancy test until not too long ago so that sort of makes almost time stand still even though I've noticed my belly getting bigger but that's only really been in the last couple months like there's a long period of time where you don't really notice the physical changes other than feeling kind of sick but your the weather didn't change like it literally snowed every day for like six months and that's been the entire time i've been pregnant so it's kind of like we don't have a change in season and so it kind of makes time not really change so that's been a really weird like psychological sort of um experience i suppose um the other thing for me is that i've almost been pregnant for 13 months now um on and off like we alluded to earlier we had two losses previously so um I feel like I've been pregnant for longer a long time. L- longer, <laughs> longer than like normal, if, if Longer everything... than normal. So it's just been like this sort of, I guess, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so that's been interesting. Um, but yeah, there are lull points, there's, there's a lot of activity and it kind of just, it's got this interesting curve to it, the whole experience. And you can go through periods of just, it's a waiting game and you feel like it's really far away. And then all of a sudden it sneaks up on you kind of like that sweet spot around christmas like you feel like oh christmas is so far off i've got so much time to do for shopping and then all of a sudden oh my oh, gosh it's, it's christmas is next week, next week. <laughs> like the cutoff for shipment is past. so um that's been an interesting one
0: for us all the different lull points yeah. mm-hmm. and how about our last one uh, for this episode anyway uh number 10 baby movement
1: yeah so baby <laughs> movement that an interesting one because i remember the doctor asking around 20 weeks so if you felt baby move yet and i'm like well what is it supposed to feel like like i don't know is it like a gas pain is it like bubbles like what does it hurt does it it, it feel pressure like like, what am i supposed to know and so It was interesting because I I remember her face like, well, you'll know when you know. And I'm like, okay, well, that's. (laughs) And
0: that that turned out to be true. That turned out to be true. What does that mean? But
1: it's like that advice your parents give you like, oh, you'll know when you know when you meet the one. And it's like, well, what does that feel like? And then you do know when you know. So (laughs) it's one of those like, oh, mom and dad were right. That's true. But I think for me...
0: You had some good observations about it.
1: Yeah, and I think at 20 weeks, like, I didn't feel anything at 20 weeks. So I was like, okay, is that normal? Am I, should I be panicking? And then 21 weeks hit, exactly. And I felt the first kick. And I was like, holy smokes, that's amazing. Like, I was just maybe a week behind where she was kind of referencing her point. um, And then I was like, yeah, I know that's not gas. (laughs) That's a baby. (laughs) that's a feeling I've never felt
0: before. And it, and it started off with, like, little, like, pops. Like, you yeah. said, with a little, like, almost like a like popcorn going off, like, under your skin somehow.
1: Yeah, and it was very subtle, and you're not really sure if that was it. it was and like you couldn't feathering. see it, yeah. but you could feel it. And I've been surprised with, actually, how that has sort of changed, too, because i've i guess i've been feeling movement for about 10 weeks now and all of a sudden in the last couple weeks as baby's gotten bigger it's gone from being jabs and pokes and like actual visible pokes of an elbow or a knee some sort of joint you know it's something pokey and pointy to more of like a wavy ripple um movement and almost like mini earthquakes like in your belly which is really interesting because it goes right through to your spine um you can feel it in different parts of your body that's not just like localized and I've been trying to show Adam <laughs> every time I show him or make him feel my belly, like she stops moving and it's really frustrating. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: I kind of like it to the pokaroo and, yeah. and polka dot door. Like, are, are you sure there was really something? <laughs> yeah, there's
1: something <laughs> there, there. and I can feel it. And so I think it, it magnifies it because I can see it and feel it. And maybe if I don't even see it, I feel it. So I think I see it and I think I can feel it against my hand. But then you put your hand on my belly and it stops and we'll be waiting and waiting and waiting <laughs> and i don't Nothing know if she's playing games but we also read this cool theory about how heart rates can differ so even through your hand if you've got your hand on my belly she can tell that it's a different heart rate than mine and it kind of almost like doesn't startle them but it kind of makes them pause and think like okay what's, what's going, going on, on? this mm-hmm. is different this is a different beat so there's theories about maybe that like dad's hand or someone else's hand on your belly can make the baby kind of stop <laughs> moving. But I promise she's she's, she's doing in, it.
0: I've, I've actually seen it from across the room where all of a sudden like your Yeah, my whole body shakes. Whole, or your whole belly all of a sudden like jolts. Yep. It's really kind of a funny thing. It's you know, funny, funny and thing. it
1: surprises you sort of how often that happens or when it happens. And I know the other part is too, you're in a meeting at work and you're getting kicked from all corners of your she's belly. Got, she's got and an
0: opinion. She wants to. Be you're talking major. about
1: budgets, and nobody really <laughs> wants to know about the fact that you're. I mean, it's a very private, intimate moment, and so you just kind of, you know, you roll with the punches, literally. <laughs> literally. But you're trying to focus on something else and it's interesting you're not going to like pause the budget meeting say hey i'm getting kicked in the belly right
0: now <laughs> although we're pretty sure that you you've got a little bit of like brazilian jujitsu going on in yeah there. there's there's a dance sure. party happening there sometimes. so
1: that's interesting um yeah so that's that's been a fun one actually that's that's really, really yeah, kind of neat had a lot of good Good, uh, good. laughs good and, and good chuckles yeah. and kind of, you know, surprising
0: moments. And and when the baby moves around yeah. a lot, it's also been really interesting. Like it's there's
1: it's, patterns. There's for patterns sure. you've noticed, yeah. And I know I've talked to some girls at work too who've said, you know, when the baby is actually here, um, their patterns mimic what they were doing in the womb. So I'm curious to see if that's one of those Old things. <laughs> if that holds true. Because she does have active periods and then non so not so active periods. So it'd be really funny to see if that actually like comes to pass with her personality and her sleep habits when she's (laughs) here so I think that yes. concludes the top 10 things. I mean, like we said, we're not all the way through pregnancy, so I'm sure we'll have some more. There's still Come a... back and
0: revisit this a little bit later on. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah that uh, sort of famous third trimester <laughs> to kind of get through, um, partway through that right now. But I'm sure there's lots of stuff. And then there's probably going to be a top 10 things that surprise us about labor there... <laughs> and all of that stuff. Have, so and having a new there's weekend. more there's to come. more to come. Yeah.
0: Let us know, what, what, as the listeners, what, um, what things surprised you that maybe differed from— the guidebooks or checklists yeah. or, or advice that was already out there. We'd love and to hear uh, some what, of these what on the list, by.
1: none of these on the list. Like, I think going back to number one, every pregnancy is different. <laughs> totally so, different. it's one of those, it's not a one size fits all experience. Oh. That's for darn sure. So, oh. let us know what your top 10 or top five or even top one thing um, was that surprised you um, positive, negative, interesting, surprising, exciting, um, scary, whatever you feel comfortable with sharing. Um, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear your experience on this.
0: And thanks so much for joining us again uh, today on the Thoughts and Found podcast. We're really glad to have you here with us. And we'll be back again soon uh, with more episodes in our pregnancy series. And we'll be having um, some guests coming up in uh, in the coming weeks on our show on uh, some related topics as well. So we're, we hope you've enjoyed this and uh, we look forward to having you back again soon.
1: Thanks for your time. Have a great day wherever you are.
0: Bye for now.